Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yes, that's what's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about beef. Is is your is your book for sale about? Yes. I'm not sure. I just go and try and do a better job. Say it like you mean it. This is my vibe. Yo, Trey. What up? I got something to say. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You, episode 107. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So Let Me Tell You is just my the kind of the anchor podcast of all the podcasts that I do, all the content that is put out here on the Evangelical Norm channel on YouTube, Gab TV. Find me wherever you want to check, check me out. Follow me on Twitter at The Evangelical Norm or at The Master's Dog. Norm Dunham on Facebook. You can find me in all those places. This is the, the once a week current events kind of news cycle. Let's talk about what's going on. Try to hit it from a, a Christian worldview podcast that I do every week. Try to get it done on Mondays. I've been on a vacation this last week, so that's why I called uh, or titled this episode. I'll learn how to talk sooner or later. Helpful to be able to speak when you're a podcaster. Um, titled it "Rejoining the Real World" because I like took a week off of vacation. I didn't really watch the news very much. A little bit uh, didn't do anything, but kind of hung out with family. Did play a little cards. Um, but other than that, so this may actually be a short episode because I don't have a whole lot. Like I said, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of the news. I know that Joe Biden did some stuff with uh, with gun control, executive orders, something like that, which I haven't really looked deep into since I've been back. I'm going back to work this the, tonight, and so hopefully catch up on some of my news stuff there. Um, so I know that happened. I know there's been a lot of talk about stuff at the border. There's been some more shootings in the last uh, week. One in, I, I made a kind of a troll, trolling uh, Twitter uh, post, tweet. That's what you call those things. Um, the day after one of those shootings, because it was something on an army base. A uh, guy shot two people killed somebody or killed shot killed one person injured another and then was was shot himself so um i i did just kind of a troll post to to jory micah asking you know is this a guy white guy because he shot some people or is he a black guy because he was killed by the authorities and that's kind of that that leftist paradox that's going on that these people and and i know People are mad at me right now because I'm making light of the no, I'm not. I'm what I'm doing is pointing out the hypocrisy of the instantaneous tweet uh, that people put out when when something like this happens. It happened with the shooter in Boulder. Everyone was like, oh, America's worst nightmare is a white guy with a gun or something like that. Turns out it was an Arabic uh, guy with a gun. And so changes the whole narrative and then it all kind of disappeared. So it's pointing out the hypocrisy of those those instantaneous tweets because that's what happened. You know, Jory Micah was one of those people that jumped on the, oh, it's a white guy having a bad day or something to that effect is what she said. 
And of course, anytime you hear about somebody being shot down by police, it's automatically assumed that they are a black person. And I've watched these instantaneous tweets. So that's what the tweet was a troll about. I'll take all the smoke for for the, you know, oh, you're making light of, of the topic. Fine. If that's what you feel, I'll, I'll take, like I said, I'll take that smoke. I'm okay with that. So, but a couple of things I did want to talk about, um, kind of excited about, I did finally get my, uh, Vody Balcom's, uh, book, uh, Fault Lines came. So I've, I got it on Audible. I got it on my Kindle. Now I have the hard copy of it. And so I'm excited to get around, uh, to really reading it, digging into it. I've listened to the majority of it, but it was while I was driving and it's really hard. I, I'm really easily distracted. So I probably retained about 60 ish percent of what I heard, uh, listening to it on the drive home from Colorado. So now that I have the hard copy book, I'm going to be reading along while listening. And that helps me to, to get, uh, more out of it. So I'm excited for that. More excited for the fact that Vody is uh, apparently recovering well from open heart surgery this last week. Um, continue to pray for our brother that, that he recovers well, that medical uh, needs are covered financially, so on. I mean, obviously the sell of this book is, is going to help with that in, in a lot of ways, but um, so I'm excited to read it. Some really good stuff. I really, I'm, I knew a little bit of Vody's story growing up, but the way he breaks down just everything that he went through as a kid growing up, talking about his, his grandfather and, and so on, you know, tracing history back to slavery and stuff like that was really cool to kind of get a, a better picture of what is going on with Modi and, uh, you know, just where he comes from his, my, my favorite part was, uh, he was talking about, um, or at least my favorite part so far, he's telling kind of his story of how he was involved in, in Christian, uh, you know, parachurch ministries, somebody, I don't know if he said it was from campus crusade or from InterVarsity or somebody had come to him and wanted him to lead some meetings and so on. I'm just realizing how, there we go. Let's get that camera down a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, and so he's, he, this guy is kind of discipling him and leading him um, to the Lord. And so he, he talked about in his room one night and he says, uh, he said, you know, Lord, whatever it is that you did for, I think the guy's name was Steve or something like that. And he says, Lord, is, is this and that. And he says, I want, I want you to do that for me and now's good. And I just kind of chuckled at that part, um, in the story. So as he gets through talking about how he became reformed and, and so on, and just the issues with CRT and so on. So it's a good book. Like I said, I haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm about probably, I think I'm nine chapters in. And now I'll probably go back and start it over and read in the book along with listening to uh, the Audible because that helps me out. So, but with that, another book that also came out and I have it on my Kindle. I didn't order the, excuse me, I didn't order the hard copy of this one simply because 
don't really need to have it on my shelf because I'm and yeah, I'm biased a little bit. I'm probably not going to get as I, I have as much agreement with this book as Vody's, but I have a partially open mind, I guess you could say. And to Kirk Kennedy's credit, I got this because I want to hashtag stay balanced. So this will be the next book on on my list, and then I will probably do reviews of both of these books uh, over on Unsolicited uh, sometime next week, as soon as I get through them both. I'm not as fast a reader as I used to be um, with homeschooling my daughter and work and, and stuff like that. I just don't have the same amount of time that I used to have to just sit down and, and read a book cover to cover. So, But give me a, a week for, and I'll do a review of Vody's, uh, two weeks, and I'll, I'll get a review of Eric Mason's book here, Urban Apologetics. And, uh, and then we'll just, we'll see, we'll see what they both have to say. And, um, but I am pretty excited to read both of these books, but here's the big thing I wanted to talk about, because this is the one thing that I could not miss. And the thing that really, really irritated me more than anything through, um, the whole, you know, news cycle of the week is the fact that, so this is pastor James Coates church, uh, in, I want to say it's in Edmonton, Canada. I, I can't remember exactly, but Ontario, Edmonton, somewhere in Canada, um, Pastor James Coates, who spent time in jail because he continued to, to hold church services in defiance of the, if we're, we're in America, we would say unconstitutional uh, mandate that churches not meet and all the things, and he continued to meet. So he was arrested, he was put in jail, he was released, and then, and again, I don't understand Canadian law, I don't understand how they are able to do this, because in the States they couldn't do this to our church. But I can't, you can't really tell in this picture, I think this is as they were putting the fences up. But here is one fence, either partially up, it looks like the one fence is all the way up, but then they put a second fence up, and then by the, the end of the week, they had a third fence up around this church. Police guarding the, the driveways. Um, and and just, it was crazy to watch these live videos. And, and again, so this is Canada. I don't know what kind of freedom they have in Canada. I don't know. I, you know, I never felt the need to investigate civics from, from a Canadian viewpoint. But this is this is mind-boggling, and this is scary. This is it, it, that so close to where we are that they are literally taking over. I don't. Does the church own this building? Is this government property? How is it that the government can come in to a church in Canada, which is supposed to be a free country like us, and lock it up like this? I mean. They didn't just go in and chain the doors. They three fences around this church and police guarding the, the you know, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, you know, Dudley Do-Rights uh, out there guarding the, the driveways and stuff. And so there have been protesters out there. I read something about protesters actually tearing down the fences, but I didn't see. I only saw one mention of that and then I didn't see it mentioned again so I don't know 
how reliable that source is or anything like that. But, I mean, this is just above us. This is our neighbors to the north. And I know a lot of, praise God, a lot of states are opening up. Uh, mass mandates are going away. Utah's mass mandate went away, but then they, they, they changed something. So I don't know. I just, it was the day of the mask mandate that I actually, we were in Salvation Army. We took some stuff to donate and then I needed to get a couple of things from there. My daughter had money burning a hole in her pocket. She did her recycling business and got some money and wanted to spend it. So we're in the Salvation Army walking around for like 30 minutes. And then as we're heading to the register, a lady comes to us and says, oh, do you have masks? No, we don't. And uh, she's like, oh, all our customers have to have masks. I'm like, fine, we're leaving. And so, you know, my daughter, I had already gone in and bought the chair that I wanted. And my daughter wanted to go back in. So she got the little three stuffed animals that she wanted to get, which we promptly brought home and threw in the washing machine and the dryer. Her little bunny sprung a leap, leak and got uh, stuffing all over the inside of the washing machine. So that was fun. But so... We're seeing it going away in the states. We're seeing these things, uh, the mandates and so on, are dying off. But uh, again, and and I just saw a news story that I was like, this is crazy. That it it seems like the places like Wisconsin or Michigan or wherever, um, some of these places that had the harshest lockdowns and mask mandates and stuff like that are the ones that are actually seeing the surges in new cases of COVID and the places that have done away with their mask mandates and, and so on, Texas, Florida, which hadn't had them forever. But the Arkansas, I think, is one. The numbers are going down. And then, you know, again, ABC News did so much work to try to spin it that that it, that the... <laughs> that somehow opening up and so on is still a bad thing, even though those are the places where the cases are going down. So, oh, their testing isn't as good or it isn't as widespread or any, I I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it really is. This is, this has become, I can't even think of a word for it. The, the biggest snafu that I have been privy to in my entire life I mean, it is, it is remarkable, the, just the amount of, and it is, I, I, I've, I've said it since, since the mask mandates went into play. Masks are not about compassion, they're about control. It literally is. I mean, we have so many studies and things like that, and people, you know, Fauci who's gone back and forth and, and so on, that masks do not work. They do not help they're pointless. They're meaningless. They're, I mean, it. it's for people to take their stinking selfies and post them up and it's virtue signaling. It literally is virtue signaling. You know, and again, I don't care if you want to wear a mask. Just stop trying to make me wear one. I mean, you've got your vaccine now. You have your mask, all that stuff. Let me, I can't, I, I just, you know, where was I? Somewhere, oh, we went to the Children's Museum with my daughter the other day, and they were like, you have to wear a mask, and you have to wear it over your nose. After like 20 minutes, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is stifling. I'm, it's claustrophobic. 
it, and and you know, but then again, here's the other thing. You know, you'll those on the left, whatever any of those issues that people have, oh, be nice to people who have claustrophobia and stuff like that. Unless you're mask not wearing a mask because you're claustrophobia, get over it, bigot. You're killing grandma, right? So that's the kind of the way it feels. And then, you know, to my daughter's in there. She's having a great time in the Children's Museum. But her face is covered up with this mask. And every time I want to take a picture of her, I'm like, I don't want a picture of my daughter in a mask. I don't find that flattering. I don't want selfies of people with masks. If, if I want a picture of you, if I, if I love you and I care for you and you're my friend, I want to see your face. I don't want to see your stupid mask. And sorry, I mean, if you're, if that offends you, deal with it. Wearing a mask offends me. Being forced to wear a mask offends me. So again, most of the places I go, I, I don't wear a mask and nobody says anything. I mean, I've been in Walmart, Costco, you name it. I've been in all these places. I can still probably count on one hand. I might have to now go to the other one of places where I've actually been confronted and had someone say something about wearing a mask. And it's like, you've got yours on. I'm pretty sure, you know, you've gotten your vaccine because, you know, you're so proud of your mask that we should be good. Literally. You know, I'm, I'm dreading going back to work tonight and having to put that stupid mask back on when I've been fairly mask free, except for, you know, a couple of, a couple of times for the last week and it's been fantastic i don't want to go back to work and have to put that diaper back on my face but again and here again this is the thing i mean i make the comments about virtue signaling because so many people do but if you really feel like a mask is protecting you then wear your mask just don't try to force it on me again my body my choice right and then people are like well it doesn't just affect your body thank you Thank you for defeating the abortion argument for me, right? So yeah, so there, there's a little bit of my rant. And back to to the church in Edmonton. I, we don't know when they're going to let this people go back. John MacArthur has now announced that Grace Life Church um, is the first Canadian, or the first in a long time, I don't know if there have ever been underground churches in, in Canada, uh, but the first Canadian underground church, and it's real. Because I guarantee you, that church body met yesterday. They, they gathered together somewhere and worshiped God because they recognize the, the need and the mandate and what Christ has called us to as believers to not forsake the gathering of the saints. That we should, it is helpful, it is beneficial for us to come together and worship together, to lift up our voices to God together, to let iron sharpen iron, to edify each other in the, the teaching and the preaching of the word and the singing of, of worship songs, hymns and praises and, and taking of communion and you know baptisms and other sacraments that, that are there. You know These things are beneficial for us. And so Grace Life recognized it. Pastor James Coates recognizes it enough that he was willing to go sit in jail for a couple, at least a month, right? I guarantee you this church met somewhere. It is, it is for the first underground church in Canada. And good for them. Good for them. But shame on the government. What, why would you, what even gives you the idea that you have the right to come and and 
a quarantine a building to to take a building that does not belong to the government that is a privately I'm, I assume it's a privately owned building and lock it down and tell those people who who worship there you cannot go keep your eyes open Americans because this isn't far off this is not a far off issue for us <coughs> You know, I just saw a tweet today that, that I mean, I, I'm, I'm never a big fan of the, the, the Nazi um, comparison, but I saw a tweet today, excuse me, I gotta, gotta get a drink, COVID, um, but I saw a tweet, and I hate that, the comparison of, to the Nazis, but this kind of made a little sense with all the talk about gun control and, you know, passport. My daughter, they were at Lowe's the other day, found some of the lady's vaccine card, you know. And so, and they're talking about you need to have these things to travel and so on. So the vaccine passport and stuff like that. But literally, they're at the point where they want to disarm us and we have to carry our papers. Let that just... Let that thought just sink for a minute. Let it settle. Let it resonate. The United States government is telling people that you have to carry your vaccine card in order to travel in some places. And again, I mean, I guess it's up to the the individual airline and so on. But they are falling right into lockstep with what the government wants them to do. And they're talking about more gun control and and stuff like that. And again, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where the second amendment is completely taken away. I I do believe we're always going to have the ability to, to bear arms in in some way. But I mean, as soon as we put another Republican back in the white house, it's going to go the other direction. So as long as these are, executive orders and stuff like that. I don't think our, our Congress is going to pass anything that doesn't, uh, you know, pass the second amendment test. And so again, they, they get into nitpicky little things. And the fact is we've got, we've got tons of gun laws already, common sense gun laws that don't work, that do not work. And that's it. That's the bottom line. That's, that's, the, the gun laws that they have don't work. Criminals who are intent on murdering people do not adhere to gun laws. Again, I mean, why don't they apply the same logic to gun laws as they do to abortion? You know, the pro-life people. You know, and here's the thing. Dusty and I talked about this on the Reformed Dads podcast that just came out. You know, the thing is, the people on the left, they push and push and push. Excuse me. And they don't, they don't look at a law and go, well, it's not going to pass. It's not going to work. So let's not bother. They push it through, you know, by hook or by crook. They're, they're pushing these things through. And, but the pro-life, they're like, oh, well, you know, that, that law, that, that's going to get shot down. So we're going to, we're just going to cave on that. You know, Christy Nome, you know, she was lauded as like the greatest governor in the, in the continental United States. Because of her her uh, um, policies on COVID and lockdowns and masks and so on, 
but then you get a, a bill that comes across that is going to protect female sports from and say nobody, no biological males will be able to compete in female sports at a high school and a collegiate level. And she vetoed it saying, well, because it, it's not going to pass, it's not going to do this, it was going to be challenged, blah, 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 blah. You know, those who are supposed to be on our side wearing our jersey continue to just, you know, just hand the ball away, right? I mean, they're not even fumbling the ball. They're, and they're, at this point, they're, it's not even like they're even hiding it. They're just handing it to the other team. Here you go. Your ball. We don't want it. You know, we just want to be able to, to use these issues as fundraising uh bullet points and so on so we can keep getting money from uh from our constituents but we're not really going to do anything it's time as as conservatives i can't say as republicans because i'm not a republican at the moment um haven't been since trump was nominated but it's time for conservatives to start saying you know put up or shut up or just get the heck out of the way you know because the representation that we have, very little of it is any good, you know. And again, we've got, and then we've got guys like Matt Gates, who I, I don't know all the specifics, but I know there's apparently some pretty credible accusations against him, you know. But again, nobody cared about that when Biden had, you know, some pretty um, credible accusations against him. Oh, we'll bury that. But, oh, the, the guy on the right, oh, he did something wrong. Well, let's go after him. Right? It, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and again, as Christians, we have to be pushing forward. Dusty and I, again, talked about it, about plotting. Just the, the constant plod. You know, we are literally, there are those of us who are like-minded. You know, again, it's that. Moscow, Utah, uh, Arizona thing. I mean, Ogden hasn't gotten to be as well known as um, Doug and and Jeff in in those two areas, but we're working on it. We are literally working on um, becoming as uh, what's what's the term? Somebody I don't I don't think holy troublemakers, but troublemakers <laughs> um, in a sense. Uh, cultural arsonists, um, we are working on becoming just as much um, in that vein as Jeff Durbin and Doug Wilson are. And and again, I don't agree with everything um, Doug Wilson says. I'm, I'm far more agreeable with, with Jeff, uh, but um, I've had my issues with Doug, but I, I don't consider him a false teacher. I consider him a, a very um, valuable brother, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a sold out uh, Kirkite or whatever they call him up there. Um, you know, but again, we need more people who are willing to push, to push back against uh, just the the government and overreach and stuff like that. We have to be willing to push or else we're going to end up like they are in Canada right now where the government is just locking down churches and that's not right. So again, the best way, how do we do that? What is the number one uh, tactic we have of pushing back against that? And that is the gospel. 
you know, again, I, I know a lot of guys don't want to hear it, don't like to hear that it's just preach the gospel. But that is the simple fact that if people get saved, if they hear the gospel and God uses our preaching of the gospel to draw people to himself and people get saved, these things change. And that's the way we do it. We have to be we have to be faithful in preaching the word of God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that mankind is is totally depraved, sinners in need of a savior, and that Christ is a great savior who has done everything that needs to be done for them to be reconciled to the Father. All they'd have to do is repent and put their faith in him, and he is faithful to forgive them of their sins, reconcile them to the Father, take away the heart of stone, replace it with the heart of flesh, change the way they think and operate, become a new a new creature, a new creation in Christ where there is no condemnation, uh, but where there is the compassion and the compulsion to do the things that Christ has commanded us to do. So my friend, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.